Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded. <laughs> oh, and it's so sweet to say this. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, the greatest city in the world. Uh, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the editor-in-chief of The Beat at Comics Beat, the news site of comics culture. And you can check us out on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, and on Stitcher. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And don't forget, you can give us a rating, give us a thumbs up. Uh, write us a comment or leave us some feedback on any of our podcast platforms because we love to hear from our listeners. Thank you for tuning in as often as you do. Talk to us. All right. This week on More to Come, the graphic novel and manga sales boom. Wattpad and Webtoon power up. Um, Suicide Squad plugs DC. Warren Ellis's come Back fell. Uh-huh. You get that? <laughs> um, Anti Isekai manga backlash. And the briefs. So, this week on More to Come, comics are selling out the wazoo. Well, <laughs> I don't I mean, know any other way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 6%, up 6%. Yes. Uh, Chromicron and ICV2 um release their uh yearly sales uh, figures and yeah unbelievably comics were up in the pandemic yes i mean the 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 new north america the size of the north american uh uh combined north american uh comics periodical and book fat the graphic novel um uh, marketplace is 1.28 billion dollars in sales good lord um uh wow uh the bookstore channel uh, continues to grow and to dominate. I think there was something like $645 million worth of sales through the book tour cha- bookstore channel and in about $440 million, uh, through comic shops and uh, about $160 million digital downloads. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the comic shops, uh, were down. Uh, there was a lot of, di- there was a lot of disruption in the comic shop yes. market, as you yes. might have known, as if you listened to this podcast, yes. this very podcast. However, uh, it was, the difference was made up by the boom in kids comics and the mm-hmm. boom in manga. Yes. And also digital. You know, so that this is released in the form of three charts, three infographics, uh, by, jointly by John Jackson Miller of Comic Con yeah. and Milton Greep of ICV2. Uh, by the way, the infographics look nice because I told them you need to hire this person to make the infographics. I just <laughs> so like they to do put that inf- because they yes. did really crappy looking ones, but they look very no, nice. These are, yes, they've, much, they've been much better the last yes. few years. Now, they don't do a lot of analysis of them because I think uh, Milton saves that for his white paper, which hopefully mm. he'll do. But, uh, you know, I did a couple little comparisons because uh, I didn't really talk about how some of the channels are up or down. Um, but I think the most significant was that digital download comics were up 
220 million mm-hmm. and the previous period they were 90 million. So that's a th- increase mm-hmm. of a third, 33% increase. Um, so yeah, people were at home and not able to get physical books. So mm-hmm. they bought them digitally. Um, and graphic novel sales were up 9.1% and periodical sales did decline 19.7%, nearly one fifth. Uh, but of course there was like a three month period when you couldn't buy yeah. or say actually it was only six weeks, but yeah, everybody yeah. significantly uh, cut their periodical output on the second heart of the year. So yeah. yeah, periodicals had a little bit of struggle, but despite that comic sales were up. Yeah. I think, um, John Jackson Miller from Comicron, I think he said here, uh, the fact that new comic sales were down by only, you know, the number that you mentioned suggests that, uh, retailers did well with what they were able to get. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I wish, like I said, you know, Milton usually does a lot more comparative statistics in his white paper. Yeah. Like he, like, I wish I, they had a little bit more, uh, comparative information here, but, um, you know, it's all good news. Now, a couple of notes. Um, they did use a different kind of information, uh, via Comic Hub and Bookscan, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because Comic Hub is, it's only a hundred stores that are reporting, but it, you know, they're using that metric. So they, they built a model that, that took all the information they had. And, uh, you know, they mentioned that the other category also grew. That includes crowdfunding and, mm-hmm. you know, Kickstarter was up 60% in 2020. Uh, which is part of the growth of the other category and also collectibles. You know, we yeah. haven't really mm-hmm. talked about that much yeah. on this podcast, but collectibles, back issue sales have soared in the mm. pandemic. Everyone is at home trying to fill that gap in their collection. And this is one of the reasons why comic shops did, you know, they survived. Yeah. Not all of them made it out, but they have survived. Most of them have survived the pandemic. And one of them is that back issue sales mm. um, soared. I mean, one of the things, I mean, the, the, the numbers that we're seeing here in this report, they really, um, converge with the information we've been getting really all year long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the manga, um, uh, Debayoki's manga feature, uh, uh, keyed into some of the same trends that they're talking about here. Um, I know that, um, Kevin Hamrick from Viz Media was talking about how, you know, they're selling number ones, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that means they're getting new fans. People are going back to buy things that they've always wanted to get around because they're trapped in their apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and of course anything that's on anime is, seems to be just exploding, but it doesn't have, even have to be on anime. Uh-huh. Um, and then of course, uh, as, uh, I think in the report says digital sales were just turbocharged. That's pretty much the case, uh, in your library, uh, your graphic mm-hmm. novels and libraries market yes. too. So, yes. uh, everybody wants some of this. <laughs> and in in spite of a, a global pandemic, lockdowns, economic dislocation, hither and yon, people want the comic but books. It, and you know, look, it's also the um the publishing in general. I mean, the book yeah, industry had you know physical stores had a lot of issues. We again, we've talked about that constantly here on this podcast, but. Uh, book sales themselves, you know, whether it was via Amazon or digital or also big books, uh, big box chains, you know, Target and Walmart have remained open throughout the pandemic as, you know, vital and they sell books. Yeah. And people absolutely were buying books at Target and Walmart. Yeah. 
And in fact, print book sales are are uh, across the board, pros, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. They're all exploding. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this is, you know, this is the story of, um, the book, the pop culture category, the book category, going back over any kind of national economic emergency, pop culture and personal recreational entertainment keeps everybody's head above yeah. water. And then, and also manga sales are up in, in Japan, right? <laughs> yes, okay? in Japan yeah. too. And they've uh, been... I mean, they're up astonishingly. Yeah. What? Because and it's been flat for years, right? It's fine. Okay. So it's it's not just that we're having a crisis. It's, mm. it's a crisis which keeps people at home. Yeah. So the sales are going vastly, vastly up. Um, like, it's not just in the United States. It's also in the domestic Japanese market. It is, let's see, there was a jump of, let's see, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, has sold t- over 26 million copies. Wow. <laughs> in 2021. So far. Yeah, that's just in 2021. It's just in 2021. Holy crap. And Jujutsu Kaisen also sold over 23 million Holy copies. Cow. Almost 24 million copies in 2021. Now, these numbers are Hugely above this time last year or the year before that. Um, it's just skyrocketing the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really going up, but you know what's also going up? The amount of piracy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, you know, some people were saying, Oh, you know, is this a contrast that sales should go up and piracy should go up? But I think it just, proves a fallacy to the idea that the pirate is a lost customer. Mm. Because as the demand for the product goes up, the purchases go up, and the piracy goes up, it looks like. So the people who are going to pirate, pirate. And the people who are going to buy, buy, but there are mm. more of each. Yeah. And I mean, look. It's, there might I even mean, be overlap. You yeah. Know? I mean, <laughs> they've tried you know? in Japan to shut down piracy, but they're, it's, they're it's, working very hard it's on whack-a-mole. it. It's whack-a-mole. It's uh, really hard to do. And it's interesting because, I mean, piracy did seem to drive uh, Japanese publishers to be more uh, thoughtful and aggressive about making their product available in a, a legit digital format. Yeah. But uh, it does seem as though the, the more interest in the um, uh, the category grows, there is there's growth in legal side and the illegal side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It, people want it any way I they mean, can get it. Well, yeah. as long as the legal side grows, it's, yeah, exactly. And I mean, we've just been talking about everything here every week on the podcast, just about uh, all the interest, you know, the growth in streaming, you know, media based on comics and how that fuels growth. And obviously, uh, you know, housebound nation sitting and watching anime on Netflix all day uh, goes out and orders a lot of manga online and. Uh, I think Calvin, you were talking about, was it, you know, Kevin Hamrick saying from Viz saying they're mm. buying lots of number ones. So I yeah. mean, everybody is like, you know, in lockdown, they're like, guess what? I'll guess I'll catch up on toilet bound. Uh, no, that's exactly. <laughs> toilet bound Hanukkah <laughs> you know, I know I did, you know, like it seems like the perfect time to catch up on that book. Well, you know, <clears throat> to give you some numbers, um, when Mangamura was shut down in 2018, which is at that time the biggest manga piracy site. Mm-hmm. It would get 
about 100 million hits a month. Now, collectively, the biggest piracy websites in Japan are getting 240 million wow. hits a month. So, yeah, it's yeah. gone up. Even as the penalties for piracy have gone up, even as people are serving jail time mm. for running piracy sites, um, the, the demand <laughs> is just there. Yeah, and, and that goes for Occidental Comics as well. Um, you know, we're just, uh, I, I, you know, I've actually, you know, just, we are together again. We, we should talk about that a little yes. bit more, but I've been actually seeing human beings again. I don't know if <laughs> yeah, anyone I else has, but I've been seeing some publishers and one of them had breakfast this morning mm-hmm. with a publisher and they were saying about how their sales are up like 20% mm-hmm. over the year. And well, I mean, this is, this, it's just universal. So. Well, yeah, we're all here together in yeah. this room here. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. first time in a long while. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and we're here to celebrate comics. Of course, not everyone celebrated. This Comicron no. ICV2 report. And, uh, you know, I got tagged. Like, I, I don't seek, uh, conspiracy theories on Twitter, but I got but tagged. Well, I, but I get, you know, people tag me in these all the time. And, uh, so I did see some, I guess I'd call them comic sales deniers. <laughs> and, uh, um, well, be. it's so funny because, you know, John Jackson Miller came out and was tweeting some more statistics, a little bit more. And in the comments or the replies, I saw a couple of people being like, well, but can't you remove kids' comics and manga from these statistics? Why? Why would you do that? And uh, because I guess they want to prove that comics are dying. So, But even if you're going to still find growth. You know, it's also just like if you say, you know, this meal comes with a hamburger and Pepsi. And they're like, well, there's no Pepsi. And they're like, but there is Pepsi. And it's like, well, it's just a hamburger. And it's like, but there's Pepsi with it. No, there's a hamburger. It doesn't have to be Pepsi. There's yeah. not, So it's just, you know, like I – I mean, What they seem to be avoiding is that the entire market is growing. Mm-hmm. Every part of it is Every growing. Every part is growing. Yes. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean – it's hard to know how to even respond to something. I, like that. I know, and it it is. And how is it, children, and and teenagers, mind you, yeah. and also of course, comics read read older anyway. Yeah. So older people are reading a lot of these YA graphic novels anyway. Yeah. For the most part, uh, how is that? You know, well, <laughs> how well, how is that giving you a more accurate assessment of anything? Well, I think. I think it says something about the people saying that. Yeah. Uh, because there's a certain demographic, dear listener, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, that thinks only a very certain flavor of comics, quote unquote, count. Hmm. That yeah. is to say, comics aimed at adult American men. If it's <laughs> not aimed at an adult American man, it doesn't count. That's right. Is it from France? It doesn't, doesn't count. count. Yeah. Is it aimed at women? It, it doesn't, doesn't count. count. Is it online? It, it doesn't, doesn't count. count. <laughs> Sad to say, <laughs> there is a contingent out there that does seem to uh, do this sort of self-fulfilling assessment. That, well, I yeah. will... That everything's going backwards uh, if I can use my selective form of counting. Yeah. And I mean, to be absolutely honest, I like comics aimed at adult American men. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, digging, me too. Me too. Like but yeah. just like, they, and, they, they aren't the only form of comics. And, and you know, I feel like we're giving these people too much time, but it we're not. just is so ridiculous. It's just another sign of how 
you know, fact-based reality is ignored by some people. And also, American uh, adult men want a wide variety of comics now than they used to. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's right. So, you know, so yeah, they're reading maybe X uh, category, but you know, so they also like a little manga. They like some indie comics, you know. They probably got a couple of web comics that they read too. It's just like, dude, this is a this has never been a better time. No matter what you want to read, yeah. And I have to say, I think this is part of the phenomenon that we've often alluded to: of comics are dying. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's a, absolutely. There's there's a certain, a, that, that's what they're saying. In your mind, <laughs> but in the rest of the world, in the real world. Uh, comics are flourishing. Right. And you can kind of sometimes see where they get it occasionally when, I don't know, periodical sales are down or this or that one year or another. And you're like, well, okay, it's bad this year, but they're seeing too much into it. But this year, it's good. And they can't handle it because they're so attached to the narrative that comics are dying that, that they just have to find a reason that they're dying. Well, they, the reason that they're, they're attached, attached to, to the it, format too. No, the reason that they think, you know, is because they don't really they feel threatened by women reading comics and threatened by children reading comics and threatened by people reading digital comics. You know, it just, it's, it upsets their worldview. It's just. And the funny thing is, is the kind of comics they like are doing well too. That's yeah. right. That's right. And you know, you know, um, I it just, you know, like I said, I, even talking about these deniers is probably giving them too much attention. But I just, I just had to say it because I, I'll, I'll you know, like yeah. I got some pushback because on it's this. Out there. Like I do, like they're, you there. know, they make video anyway. Whatever, it's out there. Uh you know, John Jackson Miller pointed out that the late year surge in con, like, like so, you know, we had the six weeks with no comics, yes. and then. We had uh, a cutback of 30% fewer new comic mm-hmm. books and still comic sales uh, were – he says, yeah, new comic sales were off by much less. So comic shops made the most of the new issues they did get. And the late year surge in comic sales coincided with an explosion in aftermarket activity as collectors shifted, shifted convention dollars to comic books. Our figures don't include markup, but a big portion of that revenue did wind up in comic shops helping mm-hmm. to supplement their earnings. Uh, yeah. So it's all good. It's a boom, boom, boom. Um, good. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't even gotten to it, but the uh, n- more new imprints. I mean, we oh my go god! On. You know, we didn't have this on our story list. We could but, go uh, on and Skybound on. announced uh that they're doing a yes, kids imprint. Yes, I'm starting out. And they're doing with a Tilly kids. Walden of all doing a licensed comic. What the heck is that about? Like the uh, epitome of the literary comics artist. Yeah. And she's doing a really a a licensed character. She's doing a trilogy of Walking Dead novels. I don't know what... She's doing zombie comics for kids. (laughs) Yes. So what the heck is going on there? But, you know, Skybound, obviously, is the imprint uh, known for The Walking Dead, which is, you know, a huge... A huge um franchise, but it's winding down. You know, it's winding mm-hmm. down. And uh they you know, they saw the handwriting on the wall, get into kids' comics. And who else did somebody else announced a kids comics line just Legendary did it? Oh not yeah, too Legendary, long ago. Aftershock, um, uh yeah. yeah. I think I, there's I, another one that you I'm know, leaving I need out. To, I realize that I need to start a um I I need to start like a business news section on the beat. Because I can't find all the business news. We have so much <laughs> other news on there. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's just been this surge in kids, um, kids comics lines. Yeah, so yeah, more really to come. About, uh, but there is mm-hmm. also 
a whole other world that we're not even talking about and money is pouring into it, which is the, you know, the war between Webtoon and Tapas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've been talking yeah. about this for a while. So Webtoon and Tapas, I say war, I say that with a well, tongue in yeah. cheek, okay? It's but a deep competition. It's yeah. a deep competition it's that a might. It's a very competitive marketplace. It right might now. be more between the two Korean parent companies, Naver mm-hmm. and Kakao, but, um, uh, in here in the United States, so Kakao bought Tapas. We had mm-hmm. talked about this before. They bought it for half a billion dollars. Uh, and Tapas and Webtoon are both webcomic portals. So they have like all kinds of comics that are formatted for mobile phones. And they do have millions of readers worldwide and quite popular in parts of Asia, including Korea. But, um, yeah, so Kakao bought Tapas for $500 million. And they also bought Radish, which yes. is kind of an online storytelling thing. Now, Webtoon bought Wattpad, yes. which is another kind of online storytelling thing. It's like Absolutely. you upload your stories and, um, you know, people, it's crowd, it's kind of, I don't say crowdfunded, crowdsourced, but it's just like, you yeah. know, post your own adventure, I guess. Yeah, it's a reader. I mean, I mean, Wattpad is a reader, is a reader and a writer community. Now, yes. they, they, they don't really, I mean, uh, traditionally, you can't actually buy stuff. You can. But now you can buy, you're starting to be able to buy things. Yeah, you can, there are paid books on Wattpad, but then there are also free ones. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. of it's free, mm-hmm. but, but really, some of it is, is paid. And yeah, oftentimes huh. if someone becomes popular with a free book, then they may have the option to monetize. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. They, for years they didn't have that, but I know things are changing rapidly over at Wattpad. Most of it's free. These days. Yeah. Uh, because really, well, I mean, Wattpad is really a community of where, where you kind of go as a writer to get feedback, to build right. a community. Because each chapter has the option for people to just like write yeah. in their comments. Yeah. So there's a right. real community builds up around really popular. And I can see why that would be popular mm-hmm. with the Korean publishers because, um, a lot of the web novel websites in Asia have that feature mm-hmm. where readers are writing their feedback to every chapter as it comes out. So yeah. I think they're like, oh, so we understand this. We get right. this model. Right. Yeah. Well, the latest uh, salvo in the competition is that, um, and you know, we just announced like Tapas is hired. I think on our last time we talked about how they hired Jamie S. Rich to be their editor in chief. Mm-hmm. Michelle Wells uh, is over there. Alex Carr is over there. Yeah. Um, I understand they are hiring more people from uh, the traditional comics industry. So they are staffing up like crazy over there. So, oh, back at Webtoon. Um, they, uh, a neighbor announced that they were firing up their studio, uh, with, um, a hundred million dollars in yeah. content development and production financing. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, Wattpad has had a kind of studio component for a while, or I don't know if the, what I, uh, uh, that's what I'm calling it. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they've been doing is shopping properties around that they have. They've also, they've also been very aggressive at, you know, during that period where really it was, this was really a place to go to develop your writing. They were also plucking off and trying to look at the, the, the writers that obviously showed promise, who, uh, attracted a large audience, who were getting a big feedback mm-hmm, and yeah. moved them into various kinds of commercial deals. They've, they've been, uh, kind of developing that aspect of what they do and they started a kind of, I guess, uh, Wattpad to TV screen component well, I mean, a they, few years ago. Yeah. Well, they actually, I think their 
Wattpad paid is kind of an offshoot of that. Yeah. So that like the next step up from your novel being popular is maybe somebody can pay for your novel. And then from there, maybe they can shop it. And they're actually, they actually got a movie deal for a Wattpad book that started out as a, I swear to God, this is true. A one direction reader self insert fan oh, yeah. fiction. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yes, no. There's quite a few, um, yeah, authors that have come out of Wattpad who've gone on to tradi- traditional book publishers. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, we're, so we're sitting here in person and Calvin has a copy in advance of Lore Olympus, yeah. Yeah. which is a very, very popular comic on Webtoon that is coming out from, who's it coming out? Yeah. Del Rey, uh-huh. uh, in October. And so, I mean, Webtoon has been doing deals. With um, some of their content, I mean, a lot of the you know most of the content is creator owned um, on yes. on all these platforms, so they are free to make their own deal. But uh, it looks like they're trying to develop it a little bit more. So, well, it's interesting how they're branching out from the the, the main thing that they do the the, the vertical scroll web comics. Yeah, they really are really. Re- I mean, all of these yeah. <laughs> online these online ventures, these app ventures, they're really looking to develop the print side of what they're doing and other app. And, and it, I would well. say at Tapas, I mean, what are all these people going to do? What is Jamie Rich and Michelle oh, Wells going to do? And the other publishing. people, they're going to do <laughs> publishing. And, you know, listen, if it's a pissing contest in Korea between, I, I think, you know, there was this article that we alluded to a few weeks ago where they talked about the cacao CEO was talking about wanting to do an IPO. Mm-hmm. And apparently these Korean companies are trying to do IPOs here in the United States that are worth, you know, billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like these two companies are in a race to see who can get the first IPO. So, yeah. yeah. So um, that's what it looks like to me. And guess what? I just see lots and lots of money flooding into the it's- comics industry via this. Uh, this is as if Google and Facebook were competing to see who could, uh, you know, get their pl- web comics platform up fast enough. Yeah, because yeah. I mean we're talking about huge fan bases. I mean Tapas and Webtoon mm. attract tens of millions. Yeah, yeah, uh, of people every month. So yeah, uh, it's really yeah. Yeah, but I but also comics are dying. Yeah, comics are yeah. <laughs> I do, but and uh, but I just you know I do think some of the I, I I'm sure I've said this before, but I do think some of the uh, regular print publishers. I just don't think they quite get. I mean, now they do. Now that Tapas has hired so many print people, I think they get that Webtoon and Tapas are the real deal. But um, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you're talking about in the uh, conventional comics industry, yes, and the uh, yes, yeah, I think they're. I, I mean, mean pu- I mean, these comic sales deniers will never pay any trade attention. Trade book publishers to are doing deals with with, yeah. with Tapas yeah. and Webtoon as well, yeah, and, and yeah. doing uh, YA adaptations, yeah, oh. uh, turning them into uh, vertical scroll comics. Yeah, there. So even oh. trade book publishers, another kind of slow drag. Drag right. their feet, part of the business. Okay, so people are catching. People on. are yeah, catching. Yeah, don't it sleep it's on this web comics. They thing. have so many numbers. They have such big numbers for of people uh, visiting, and of course, the demographic that they have is the demographic that everyone wants. Yep, that's you right. You know, young people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, so more to come. Growing market. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, well, uh, speaking of growing market, you know, one of the greatest marketing questions of all time is. Why don't all these movies based on comic books do more to promote the comic books? Like, you know, Marvel, 
Disney, could you have a little thing at the end saying, you know, buy more Marvel comics? I guess that would just cost too much to do that or something. <laughs> um, you know, because they always plug the soundtrack at the end, right? Uh, usually, they, yeah. But as they a matter don't of fact, plug yeah, the comics. Point. So anyway, I noticed this. I think I might be the only person who noticed it, but uh, well, people on Twitter noted that a poster for the Suicide Squad was released by director James Gunn, and at the bottom, in it had a little slug. It said, "Get DC Comics at comic shops. Read DC Digital Comics at DC Universe Infinite, Infinite." And then it said underneath, available on HBO Max for 31 days in the theatrical release. You know, like, like. Is this were, the long-awaited synergy? Is this the synergy? <laughs> and I did notice that everyone, you know, at DC Publishing had liked my story. So, <laughs> so apparently, finally. well, they finally, yeah. And then, <laughs> it. Uh, then it turned out that there was another little Easter egg in this poster that referenced um legends number three which was the first appearance of the suicide squad so it's more you know they were actually doing some little easter eggy marketing on this poster and i know it sounds you know i I talked to some people about this and they were like so what and i'm just like it just is a thing i mean maybe someone someone somewhere at warner brothers said can't we do some synergy but hasn't there always been a i mean if i Go back in time. Uh, folks in the comics business always sort of they 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 never seem to think that it would work. I was always that's the vibe I always got. That uh, very often in uh, the superhero movies, the the story is pulled out of a continuity that's so long, it's kind of hard to point to a particular book. Now I think that that's changed to some degree for both of these, uh, you know, for the big two for sure. For instance. Um, uh, you know, the Winter Soldier. There was really was a book you could point to. Now more maybe than in the past. Well, Calvin, it's always been the same. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. is that if there is a comics that really or graphic novel that ties in really clearly mm-hmm. with the material, it's going to sell a They'll lot. I mean, this that. goes mm-hmm. all the way back to Three Hundred and sure. Sin City and um, Watchmen, obviously, which has sold you know a million it's copies just, yeah, exactly. when the movie Perfect came example. out. It's sold, when there's a clear there's book a very to clear, identify with. Yeah, but I mean, there's a little bit of a residual um, sales bump for things that are a little more but i mean yeah with marvel and dc stuff like suicide squad for instance mm-hmm. there's hundred i don't know kate are you a suicide squad fan i, I mean read well I, i'm a fan of okay here i'm gonna be a dork i am a fan of the original suicide squad comics which came out long before i could read um that came out when i was in fact a baby oh. or a four-year-old a baby <laughs> uh but those are really good. They have the uh, original, actually fat Amanda Waller, and are well written and awesome. Um, so yes, I like Suicide Squad, but but there have been hundreds of different. But there have been many. <laughs> yeah, but you don't like I mean, all can you Suicide give us a brief squad. history of Suicide <laughs> okay, okay. Squad? So, so there was the original, very long run in the eighties. This is what form, this is where Suicide Squad came from, mm-hmm. and this is what people's idea of Suicide Squad is based on. In the time since then, there have been many, many, many <laughs> attempts to reboot Suicide Squad. Although I will say, the nice thing about the Suicide Squad concept is you can put anyone in the squad because it's a squad of <laughs> yeah. supervillains. Yeah who you don't care if they live or die if you're the government. 
Um, arguably, you can't do it without Amanda Waller, or you shouldn't do it without Amanda Waller, but other than that, everybody else can come and go. But, it hasn't really been sticky since then as a concept, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's been rebooted more times than Squirrel Girl. <laughs> uh, a lot more times than Squirrel Girl. So, it, it really, there isn't like one, like, this is the Suicide Squad, Written in the last thirty years that you can point to, right? Yeah, right. And that's, but that's what yeah. that's my whole point. Yeah. There we go. That's that, now. So that was yeah. just a very brief overview of one comic book film franchise, right? But in a way, that can be a benefit because you don't need to have a knowledge of a long continuity behind you because you can just pick up almost any arc of Suicide Squad. And be fine, because all you need to know is there's a bunch of villains, they have to do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. They might get some time off. Or the government behavior. will off them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great concept. Take so, a time bomb. So even if it's not the same plot as the movie, it, it basically has the same plot as the movie, because the Suicide Squad basic general outline plot is always the same, which is there's a bunch of villains, they have to do a thing. <laughs> or, you know, they they die or they get time off for good behavior. <laughs> right, there you well, go. yeah, and well, the, you know, the trailer for the Suicide Squad, uh, directed by James Gunn, was um, released last week, and it looked, I gotta say, it looked fantastic. Now it has about fifteen characters. You know, everyone from Flula Vog to Sylvester Stallone to Pete Davidson is in this movie, and a lot of them do die. So, yeah. like, well, by the very nature of Suicide Squad, we're going to well, see might, some deaths. That might attract a whole new fan base. <laughs> yes, we're going to see some deaths. And I'd, I'd like to see some of these characters. Yeah. But anyway. Well, they, they have actively chosen ones that the audience will enjoy dying like in that. some cases. Yes. So, yes. so uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, just keep an eye on that. I, I, like, I just, I've never seen anything like this. Maybe I'm... Just Let's hope losing my little, mind, but I thought this line was a, on the poster is yeah. a sign of things to come. Yes, yeah. absolutely, things to absolutely. come. Absolutely, makes sense. Okay. Well, speaking of things to come, uh, or rather, things, things that, that are, are no longer to come, are no longer to come. Um, you know, last summer was a very rough time in the comics industry, and we talked about it on this podcast. But uh, there was a lot of Me Too. Uh, revelations that came out and a lot of people told their stories and we learned that a lot of people were, you know, uh, had, had, uh, engaged in a lot of misconduct yeah. and harassment and abuse and, uh, they were uh, removed from the industry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've seen this happen. A lot with the Me Too movement and with people being made accountable for their mm-hmm. bad actions. And not any, nobody's really made a comeback. Now it's interesting because I do say Americans love a comeback, but we're just not having it. We're not mm-hmm. having these abusers coming back. Mm-hmm. However, last week or two weeks ago, I forget, I was lost in the miasma of time. Artist Ben Temple Smith just casually dropped a bomb on his Patreon that he was going to finish Fell, which is a comic that he did all the, like 13 years ago with Warren Ellis. And I guess, you know, they've been sitting around for 13 years saying, let's finally finish this. 
Uh, the only thing being that Warren Ellis had uh, been revealed to be like a serial online womanizer abuser because yeah. of this website mm. called So Many of Us where 60 women and non-binary people came out and had incredibly detailed yeah. accounts of Ellis um you know engaging in online and sometimes in person relationships and just being very very abusive yeah and- i mean he he wasn't as far as i could tell doing anything that was illegal but it was all pretty Raw. It was, you know what? Deceitful, manipulative, and on and on. Just an incredibly inhumane and dismissive scale. Just, just, you know, the one person after another. And it just, you know, simultaneously, apparently. Yes. Oh, there was one. They did a chart and showed that he was having twenty online affairs at once. It's just so and and he heartbreaking and and stupid and cruel. And it's also very relevant to his career in that a large portion of these women were early career comic creators. Yes. Yes. And he had a history of mentoring people, including people he was not predatory toward. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people who ended up in this situation um, had had every reason to believe that he had taken a professional interest in their work. Yes. Yes. So to say, you know, Ellis apologized last year, but, uh, you know, he threw and it was, he did show remorse. And I mean, you know, I do know Warren and I'm sure he's very sorry he got caught, but I do feel like he's not an entirely worthless person. And I do feel like he felt um genuine shame that all this had happened. Um, but anyway, but the apology also mentioned he didn't think he was in a more powerful position. And it was just like, why, well, dude? You're a yeah. famous best-selling. And I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these women was, said he was their favorite writer. Yes. So they're going into it with a power imbalance. So when he said that, it sort of really invalidated his apology. And so, you know, I, on the beat, uh, Tara Ferguson, who was one of the people who, uh, wrote about it on the one, so many of us website, uh, as she's one of his victims. And she wrote a very powerful essay. And, you know, she said it better than me because, you know, I, uh, have a history with Warren and, uh, you know, not involving abuse or harassment, although I was his editor and that was horrible, but, um, <laughs> in its own way. But, um, you know, Tara said it better than anyone could. And she really pointed out that, you know, this book, I should say, was coming from Image. And, and like Image actually, when a couple sites reached out, said, oh, yes, we're waiting, we're eager to do the long-awaited conclusion of Fell. And she just said, like, like, how is she supposed to feel safe in this industry when he's allowed to come back without doing the work? Because on the So Many of Us website, they said that they were willing to work towards mediated, yeah. transformative justice. Mm-hmm. They were willing. I think some of his victims want some kind of closure there. Mm-hmm. And he had not reached out to them for a year. And she just said, how am I supposed to feel safe? How are... You know, how is anyone supposed to feel safe in this industry when we're allowing him back without any scrutiny yes. whatsoever? So then all hell broke loose. And, um, you know, Tara wrote this, this essay and I do think it was a very, very powerful essay and a lot of people referenced it. You know, she is amazing. I say Tara is a hero 
for writing this and for mm-hmm. saying what had to be said and saying it so powerfully and, um, you know, clearly just saying it in a way that made it so clear what she was talking about. And so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, announced that, you know, Image finally put out, like, after about five days of controversy, they're like, oh, oh, well, I should find their, I should find their statement. Do you have it there, Calvin, or? Uh, the statement from, uh, um, yeah, Image. Image, yeah. Yes, yeah. You might read it? Yeah. Yeah, um, this week's fell announcement was neither planned nor vetted and was, in fact, premature. Uh, while finishing, uh, Warren Ellison Ben Temple Smith's fell is something we've been looking forward to for years, Image Comics will not be working with Warren on anything further until he has made amends to the satisfaction of all involved. It is our sincere hope that the conversations that are beginning now will result in positive changes for everyone. So please visit so many of us.com. Yeah. And so on, and on that site, they did mention that after a year, mm-hmm. Warren had reached out to them and they would begin the process of, you know, mediated conversation and trying to get, and you know, he wrote another long apology. Mm -hmm. That was a lot. I thought it was a lot more really nitty gritty than the first one. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, look, this is just an incredibly disturbing. I mean, it's hard to know what Ellis was thinking. I mean, to, to say something like he doesn't have power. Um, he certainly is a brand name in this business, and I, and I'm using that term brand. Yeah. But um, I know the Fells uh, series. I really like it. Yeah, I, it, was like great. it. It was great. Temple Smith and him work together. They, they really were, have something they special. They were awesome. Yeah. Um, and many other works. His novels. I mean, uh, he's a focus when he's at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, hopefully, uh, the way that the the, the his victims have reached out, uh. In a really, in a rather amazingly, um, gracious yeah. way after this stuff. It's really kind of unprecedented, it seems to me. Um, and hopefully something good will come out of it. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I, I do think it was this, a good outcome as far as things mm-hmm. could go. I mean, you know, Ellis does. As a first a, step. As a first step. Ellis says he has been in therapy for mm-hmm. a year, which he needs, obviously. Yeah, clearly. And, you know, he's taken time off from the internet and now he's reached out to the people that, that he really hurt badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, to be frank, now it, the entire internet is aware of his modus operandi. Yes. So if he should ever be tempted to behave in such a way again, um, people will know what to look out for. Although I certainly hope he does not. Yes. 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 Um, you know. So yeah, that was the controversy of the week. Yes. Well. Well, that was the controversy of the week in the United States. But the controversy of the week in Japan, manga industry was quite different. Oh boy. This is one of those culturally interesting controversies because I don't think it would have been a controversy in the United States at all. Yeah, it's kind of odd. <laughs> well, it's definitely showing a cultural difference. Yes, that's a better way to, to put it uh, than what I said. Yeah. Um, to give you some background here, dear listeners, if you've been under a rock, or alternately, if you just <laughs> don't read manga, Isekai is the Japanese name for that popular fictional trope 
in which someone from the real world is transported to a fantasy world. They call it a portal fantasy also in the United States, right? It's called a portal fantasy. That is one of the things what that is, is called in the United yes. States. Okay. Although Isekai is different in that you do not go through a portal. <laughs> Specifically, the Japanese form of Isekai tends to be someone being reincarnated. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Because that does have the disadvantage they cannot just go back through the portal. Oh. Because they're Trapped. dead yes, on this Earth. This is a whole new yes. you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any of it. So, Isekai is a popular genre. And oftentimes, the characters in Japanese isekai manga, when reincarnated on a fantasy world, are typically Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court times ten. Very, very <laughs> overpowered, right? Good way like, to describe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have a lot of very special abilities. So, one manga writer, um, Homura Kawamoto, Apparently had some feelings on the subject, and or thought this was ripe for parody. Uh-oh. And created a new fantasy manga entitled Isekai Tensaisha Garoshi, which translates into killing the people reincarnated into the other world. Well, it got canceled after one chapter. One chapter. And the reason is that after this manga started, this manga in which um, a humble villager from the fantasy world tries to befriend the so-called <laughs> band of heroes who have entered his world uh, and finds that, in fact, they're not good people and they are doing bad things to the fantasy world. And these characters bear a very specific resemblance, obviously intentional, to various famous isekai characters. <laughs> They're not the same characters, hmm. but it's pretty obvious which ones they are supposed to represent. In America, this would be what you call normal. Right. Yeah. This would be Watchmen, this would be The Boys, this would be... The list goes on. Yeah. yeah. However, Uh-oh. in Japan, apparently this was a bridge too far. And not only the fan outcry... But the author outcry was huge. Hmm. So, um, various, there's an outcry calling for it to be canceled, and various major creators complained about it. You know, they, they were saying things like, okay, uh, if you want to make Isekai characters the villains, that's not a problem. If you want to put in characters that resemble our characters, it's not a big problem. But if you want to make characters that resemble our characters the villains, that's a problem! Wow. I mean, I guess there's some, I guess, hope to protect the brand or something. I, but I, it seems almost like, I mean, yeah, this is this is a normal process to sort of refer to or to create homages to or to ridicule <laughs> or or to criticize or to criticize you know uh, somebody else's work and um basically it was very specifically because people felt that it was you know denigrating their favorite manga which i mean it was but in America, we would say, so what? 
<laughs> but in Japan, yeah. not only was the manga yanked, but Hamura Kawamoto was, um, well, he apologized. But, um, it had the sound of somebody whose publisher was like, apologize. Oh my god. <laughs> Here it is. <clears throat> I deeply apologize for all the pain, concerns, and fuss I have caused to everyone related to this incident. I created a work incident. that was lacking in due consideration, and I am ashamed to have caused an incident such as this. Going forward, my shame about my actions will encourage me to create better works. I am deeply sorry. Okay. Well, there we go. That showed him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, different strokes for different folks, yeah, you know. I mean, thank God Alan Moore is a Japanese, I guess, I right? Know. He'd yeah. be out of luck. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, guys, I guess this is our first. How does it feel to be back in the same room? Well, <clears throat> for those of you who aren't here with us at PW's new offices, which is a couple of, uh, a couple of doors east of our old offices at 23rd and 6th Avenue. Uh, it's just very interesting. I mean, the company has basically taken advantage. What is it? The arbitrage between mm-hmm. the before, uh, the before times rent right. and the after times rent. And so we have fewer space, uh, fewer, uh, a smaller space, but I think it's probably going to be just right for this new future of hybrid, you know, offices, in, yeah. in office work from home, uh, you know, uh, world that we're entering in, into now. So, uh, yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. We're in the new conference room. And, you know, but this is the first time we've used our recording equipment in a year, more than a year, mm-hmm. you know, since March of 2020. Um, the first time, uh, we're going back to the old ways and, um, I like it. I think it's a lot. It's, I like it a lot more than, than being in Zoom. I have yeah, to be honest. Yeah. I, I have to admit. I, yeah. I think there's a certain magic to podcasts that are, uh, recorded in person, rare though that is, and I'm glad that we've returned to being able to do that. Yeah, yeah, I and agree. in theory, our audio should be better too, but we'll see. <laughs> but our equipment has been on a shelf and then banged around in a move. Yeah, for a year, so <laughs> it it may not be in as good quality as when we left it. Right. But, uh, we're glad to have it anyway. And there may be more to come on that. So, but, uh, but here we are. We are back, baby. But the band is back together again. Yes. And it's pretty awesome. (laughs) So, shall we go to the briefs? I think we have got some lighthearted briefs here. So, in, uh, speaking of synergy, as we were earlier, uh, Madam Xanadu, of all characters, is getting an HBO Max series and not just any hbo max series but jj abrams (laughs) is going to be on this one so that should be an interesting combo um more to come on that jonji ito the famed horror mangaka um somehow got recruited to do a mini promotional manga for the uh, recent American horror movie, The Lighthouse. Um, it's quite something. Yeah, And cool. so if you love The Lighthouse and or you love Junji Ito, 
you know, here's an interesting little bit of ephemera. Mm. Well, <laughs> speaking of manga and manga culture in Japan, um, there there is little friction. Perhaps in a rather how are you, fellow kit <laughs> moment, the Japanese government seems to have decided that the Japanese public's love of anime and manga will surely sir will surely solve their PR problems. Because um in two separate <laughs> uh news stories from our past uh news period, this has come up to um how we put this much scorn from from fans oh, let's dear. put it that way so first off um typically olympic ambassadors are purpose built mascots that are kind of weird but olympic committees like to use to promote their materials well the japanese olympic committee decided why do that when we can just buy the rights to Sailor Moon, <laughs> Astro Boy, and Naruto, among others. <laughs> so they, um, you know, bought the promotional rights for these characters, have um, been putting out images of them, you know, dressed in Japan outfits that say <laughs> Japan on them, <laughs> and are plastering them everywhere. And, um, Japanese fans of both the Olympics and uh, manga, especially ones who have health concerns about the pandemic Olympics, are not best pleased. <laughs> um, from an article that I found on Kotaku, we have some quotes on the subject. <laughs> yeah. This is awful. Yeah, this, don't use flattering. Naruto in these dirty Olympics. <laughs> if Tezuka was alive, would he approve of these Olympics? Stop <laughs> this. Seriously, alive. stop it. Don't get Sailor Moon wrapped up in this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh. um, this is embarrassing. Please stop. <laughs> when did the Olympics become so radioactive? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, when they took place in the middle of a pandemic well, that's, and yeah. people that's, are afraid of catching That's something. an insight for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and then on our other story on, on that front, the Japanese government would, would really like people to love their bureaucrats more. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty funny. So their new PR attempt to, you know, recruit future Japanese bureaucrats and also soften their image to the world is to create a whole cast of anime mascots of the different Japanese bureaucratic bureaus. And this is entitled Us Civil Servants. And um, so far has created personifications in uh, you know, hot manga but shown in form with yes. one token girl. Oh, sorry, two token There's girls. two token girls, yeah. Two token girls. Uh, the Cabinet Secretariat, the Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry and Fisheries, the Ministry of Defense, the National Tax Agency, and the <laughs> National Police Agency have also been personified. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and they're incredibly attractive. Uh, oh, of course they are. <laughs> you know, anime of figures. They are. Um, so you know, some people uh, say that they would watch that anime, and other comments, uh, according to Japan Today, include. I have never seen civil servants this well-dressed in my <laughs> local area. Mm-hmm. Um, why do I feel like this advertisement was made by old people? <laughs> and one which is, I would actually be down to watch an anime about civil servants combating health insurance fraud or something. <laughs> you know, when you see the whole, like, you know, civil servants assembled illustration there, you know what? I'd watch it too. Well, there you go. If there was a manga or an anime of it, I'd buy it. Pretty, it would probably pretty be pretty interesting and funny. Yeah. We'll see, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> apparently there's not really an anime. No, plan. not yet. Not right now yet. it's an ad campaign, but, but you know what? they may well yeah. have Why not? a you video know, component. You know, yeah. I wanted to mention one other little newsy bit of my own. I have a brief, which uh, was announced also during the last week, but that, you know, one of the best selling graphic novels last year was the Strange Planet book mm-hmm. by um, Nathan Pyle. I mean, it's just sold gajillions and gajillions. And it's, you know, it's just these, it's an Instagram comic. But anyway, uh, Apple TV has picked it up direct a series, oh. uh, with Dan Harmon is gonna do it, who was behind Rick and Morty and Community and all that oh. sort of stuff. So I'm a pretty major showrunner, but, uh, I thought that was an interesting, mm-hmm. you know, there will be some talk about that, I think. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's, it, we're, there's gonna be a lot of talks about comics, and I mean, and not yeah. just by us, uh, as we get forward. Uh, the, the category is, it's just never been more popular now, in all of its permutations. That's right. Um, so, yeah. More to come. You don't know the half of it. Well, as always, Calvin just stepped on our closing line. But <laughs> there will be more to come.